Hey, good morning, everybody. Today's daf is Babakam Daf Mem Zayin. We are holding on daf Mem Vav Amid Beis at Amar Rava uh, toward the uh, th- the bottom of the uh, of the page. So uh, today's share is sponsored by Dr. David Lander, in honor of his wife and children, and Lee Nishmas's mother, Golda Basimcha Shalom, by Daniel Sadian for the success of Klal Yisrael in these times and Atzacha for our soldiers and for our captives. All uh, they should come home safely. Also by Elishav and Avishai Newman in honor of the birth of their grandson to AJ and Elisa Youngrice, they should be Zochalach Nisal Brisoslav Ramavina Bismana, Lugadla, the Torah, the Chupa, Ulmaisim Tovman, also the Zecher Nishmas, Avishai's grandfather of Yaakov Shlomo ben Aftali. It's also sponsored, Zachron Brachlan, the Shamshav also sponsored by Tzipi and Rabbi Dr. Aaron Ross to mark the yard site of Tzipi's father, Mr. Shlomo Fredman, Shlomo Chaim Arya Leib ben Shmuel Nachma Koin Bechaya, who is always marked to give cover to Rabbanim, and his yard site was yesterday. I think also with a virtual halacha program a program to learn halacha at a high level under the auspices of Rav Nevensal with an option for smicha visit vialacha.com for more information about the new limud beginning next week learning Hilchos Bishul Shabbos we thank all of the sponsors very very much for the sponsorship first thing we're going to talk about today is we're going to uh, learn Rava's shita about how to understand the line in our Mishnah where we said that you get chatzin nezek from the para and a revian Nezek from the Vlad. So he said, wait a second, you don't get three quarters of the Nezek. You only get Chatsi Nezek. So we had Abaye's understanding yesterday that Chatsi Nezek really meant Revia Nezek, Revia Nezek really meant Sheminis Nezek. So today we're going to begin with Rava's understanding. Then the Gemara is going to discuss how do we assess the value of the Vlad of the Para and how do we assess the value of the pregnant para in terms of damages done. Then the Mishnah on the bottom of Amralf is going to talk about three different cases of damages that happen when someone brings stuff into another person's property. And as a result of that, the interaction between my property and your property, meaning the property that I brought into your property, uh, causes damage in either direction, whether uh, the uh, machnis damages the, the balabais, the balabais damages the machnis, and uh, what the halacha is when I had rishos to come in there, and what the, when I had rishos to bring my things in there, what Allah is when I didn't have rishos to bring my things in there. The Gemara is going to uh, deal with the stira in the Mishnah about about whether stam rishos assumes responsibility as well. That if I say, okay, you could bring your stuff in, does that mean, and therefore I'm taking full responsibility for anything that happens by giving you rishos, or am I saying, okay, enter at your own risk, but, uh, you know, gesundheit, enter. So that's going to be a stira in our Mishnah. We're going to have uh, two ways of resolving that stira. Then the Gemara is going to talk about if the animal of the Balabayas gets hurt from eating someone else's uh, payros, from eating the payros of the machnis. Not that he gets hurt by slipping on the payros, he gets hurt by eating the payros. So Rav is going to have this great finish that uh, whenever it gets hurt by, by eating something, you could just tell him, why is your animal eating my stuff? He shouldn't have eaten it. So the Gemara is going to have three challenges to Rav's shita that you could say to somebody, why are you uh, uh, you know why is the animal eating it? It's not my my fault. It's not my problem if your animal chose to eat my stuff that I left in your chutzer without any rishos to uh, to do so. So we're gonna have three uh, three challenges. I mean,
mean, do we say the same thing by poison? That if I poison your animal, that uh, and your animal gets sick, I can say, well, why is your animal eating my poison, right? So uh, where do we, uh, the three challenges to Rav. So let's begin. So three lines from the bottom of the page. So it says Gemara, Abaye had said that when we say that you get you get Nezek from the Para and Revia Nezek from the Vlad, it really means that you get Revia Nezek from the Para and a Shminis Nezek from the Vlad. So Rav says that doesn't make sense. Does it say one quarter and one eighth in the Mishnah? No. Chati Nezek or Revia it says one half and one quarter in the Mishnah. So Abayi's answer is unacceptable, says Rava. Ella Amarava. So rather, Rava says, no, what the Mishnah means is as follows. The Mishnah is talking about where the Parah and the Vlad belong to the same owner. What the Mishnah is trying to tell me is, that if the par is around, so then you call, the nizik collects the chazi nezek from the par itself. Less a lapara, but if the par is not here, or the par is, let's say, worth less than the chazi nezek, and time is only mishalim migufo, so mainly you can't collect the chazi nezek when the par is not here, so the guy is toveya, the chazi nezek from the vlad. But the vlad, we have a suffix whether it was mazik or was not mazik. I don't know if the vlad was in the picture at the time of the hezek. So so you get Revia Nezek from the Vlad. It doesn't mean you get you get both Chatsi Nezek from the Para and Revia Nezek from the Vlad. It means one or the other, that if you're unable to collect Chatsi Nezek from the Para, the most you can collect from the Vlad is a Revia Nezek because the Vlad is a suffix. So it says, that the whole reason we collect only Revia Nezek from the Vlad is because we do not know if the Vlad was together with the para at the time of the Nagicha and was therefore a shutaf in the Hezek, or the Vlad was born before the Nagicha and therefore the Vlad wasn't even in the picture at the time of the Hezek. But the implication is, but if it were uh, clear to us that the para was still pregnant at the time that it did the damage, so uh, when you come to collect from the para, then you'd be able to collect the entire Chatzinazek from the Vlad. The only reason you max out at Revia Nezek from the Vlad is because it was a suffix whether the Vlad was even involved. But it sounds like if I knew the Vlad was involved, it's possible to get the, the entire Chatzinezek from the Vlad alone. So the Gemara says, This is Ravel, the Shitaso, that if a para damages, you can collect the damages from the Vlad, from the Ubar. And why is it that you can collect from the Vlad? Because Gufahi, there's a principle called Ubar Yerech Imo, that the Vlad is a part of the body of the para itself. So just like you're allowed to collect from the leg of the para, from uh, any other part of the para, you could take any section of the para. So the vlad is a section of the para that you're allowed to collect your chatzinazik from. However, tarnagolas shizika, if a tarnagolas does damage, if a chicken does damage, uh, and so enu gova mi sasa, you cannot collect damages from the egg inside that tarnagolas. My timer, what's the reason that the baits of a tarnagolas is different than the vlad of a para? Because Pir Shabialmahu, it's something that's considered to be totally separate from the Tarnagolas, as opposed to by the Vlad 
of the para, it's uber yerech imo. So the relationship between a vlad and the para is very different than the relationship between the chicken and the between the egg and the chicken. So from Tosus it sounds that you don't collect anything from the beitzah because you don't know if it was still attached to the tarnagolus at the shasanezek or it was inside the body, but but hufrash from the tarnagolus. The rivet and the ra'ah are both quoted in the shittim kubetzas that even though you don't collect from the beitzah as if it was one of the limbs of the mother, but you do uh, collect from it kafi shir chelka in the nezek based on its chelik uh, in the nezek, meaning the 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 beitzah was definitely there inside the mother at the time of the Nezek. So if the chicken is worth uh, $4 and the bait is worth uh, $1, so then you can collect 20% of the damages that you're entitled to from the beitza, but it's only uh, it's only proportional to uh, how much of the uh, uh, of, uh, uh, to, to its uh, value within the context of the Tarnagolas, as opposed to when you have a para and it's uber, you can collect everything you're entitled to from the uber, because the uber is like any other part of the para, uh, the, because of uber yarachimo. That's how the Ravid and the Ra understand, in contrast to Tosu, says, no, the Beitza just doesn't get involved in the payment at all. The Rambam, in Paraktes, writes that if the Beitza was mufreshes miguf ha'em, then you don't pay. So the Magnemishna is medayik. oh, okay, so if it was mechuberes, then it's part of the goof of the mother, and you do pay from the beitza, uh, fully even. You could collect entirely from the beitza if you know that it happens to be mechuberes. That's the diuk the Magna Mishnah makes in the Rambam. Now, Rava goes back to the beginning of the Mishnah about a shor that's nagach apara bihipila, right? And it's nagach a pregnant cow, and the cow miscarries. So how do we value the Dmei Vlad? How do we evaluate the Dmei Vlad? So va'amar Rava, ain't shaman lepara bifnei atzma, ulevlad bifnei atzma. We do not assess them independently like the para on its own how much was it worth before the nezek and the vlad on its own as if it was already born and uh, and, and and because that's going to be yield a much higher value rather we assess the vlad uh, together with the para as if it were still inside the uh, the, the para's uh, stomach and this is the way we do it how much was the para worth while it was pregnant how much is the para worth right now that it's no longer pregnant, and the difference between them is what you pay, and uh, that's how you figure out the Dmei Ubar. You don't figure out how much a Vlad would be worth independently. You uh, you figure out how much the para was worth, how much the para is worth. Shemiyat Omer came, because if you're not going to say that, rather you can say that the Mazik has to pay the Dmei Vlad as if it was already born, and the Dmei Para separately, then the Mazik is really losing out, because it's gonna the assessment is going to be way, way higher. And by the way, if you cut off someone the arm of someone's Evid Kanani, we do a similar assessment that we don't uh, figure out how much money a person is willing to accept in order for you to cut off his uh, Evid's hand. No, we assess how much is the Evid worth with his hand, how much is the Evid worth without his hand, and the difference between them is what you pay. Because if you assess how much a person is willing to take in order for you to cut off his, his, Evid, his Evid's hand, that would be a much higher sum of money, and it would be a major loss to the mazik. And the same is true when you damage someone else's field. That we don't assess how much is the person willing to take for this aruga in the field that you damaged. That would be a lot of money. No, rather we look at the entire base sa'a, we look at the entire larger field. How much is it worth with that aruga? How much is it worth without that aruga? And the difference is what you pay. Uh, because otherwise the, the mazik would lose out tremendously. So the Gemara asks, Rava, Amalei Ravach, Rava, 
Rashi, Vi'idinuhu Lichushmazik. I don't understand. Meaning, what kind of svar is that? We're not going to make the assessment in a way that the mazik's going to lose. Because why should the mazik lose out so much money? I don't know, because he's a mazik. Why does it bother us? That, uh, that he loses out so much money. If that's the din, then what would be the problem? So answers the Gemara, no, we're not looking to be mekel on the mazik. The, the, the ikra din is to do the assessment the way we suggested it. It's not that the ikra din is really to assess one way, but we're going to assess differently so that the mazik doesn't lose out so much. Of course we wouldn't do that. Rather, Mishum Da'amr lay, the mazik could say to the nizik, parama abarta azikatach, the para was pregnant when, uh, when the damage happened, and my shar uh, gored a pregnant para. He did not gore a para and a, and, and, and a baby. It was a pregnant para. Para And therefore, when we do the assessment, it should be based on a pregnant para, not based on two separate assessments of a para and its offspring. Okay, now the Gemara explains, Pshita, para dechad, vlad dechad. It's a double partial that if the para belongs to one person and the vlad belongs to another person, since the, you know, what would be an example how it could belong to two different people if the para was pregnant? The case would be that the bailum sold someone his para chutz me ubra. He says, I'm selling you my cow, but I'd like to keep the ubra that's inside it's, uh, the, the fetus that's inside of it. And the mazik wants to uh, pay the bala para, that which he uh, lost because of the negicha, and the bala vlad, uh, the, uh, and he also has to pay the, the bala vlad, the value of the vlad that had died as a result of the, uh, the negicha. So pitma, whatever extra fat, the para, whatever extra baby weight the para put on, aside from the actual Vlad itself, very often when a mammal is, uh, is uh, pregnant, when, uh, so, so there's going to be a lot of other weight aside from the fetus itself. So whatever extra weight the para had, and therefore that, that's, that's added value, the balpara, that goes to the balpara, even though it came as a result of the pregnancy, but that doesn't go to the bal vlad. Navcha, whatever extra um, uh, someone's willing to pay, just because the para looks more robust when it's pregnant, so whatever someone's willing to pay more for the para, so my, then who gets that? Rav Papa Amar Lebal Para, Rav Achmed Ravika Amar Cholkin. Rav Papa says it's all the para, because that's all the value of the para, whereas Rav Achmed Ravika says that you split that payment between the Bal Para and the uh, Bal Vlad. The Hilchasa Cholkin, and the Allah is, we split that, uh, that payment for the, de- for the decrease in value as a result of the Negicha by the para losing out that robust look to it, uh, this is not the pit, but the actual fat, just the extra that someone's going to pay, because it just looks impressive when he sees it, and he might pay a little bit of a premium just because of uh, what his eyes tell him when he uh, when he looks at that uh, at that para. Okay, new mission now. So. We had previously learned way back on the Aftesim base that when a nizik is machnis his shar into the Rishos HaMazik and uh, it therefore gets damaged by the shar of the Balabayis, so the mazik does not have to pay for the nizik. So our mission is going to discuss three different cases of someone bringing something into someone else's chatzar, either with the Rishos of the Balachatzer or without the Rishos of the Balachatzer. In each of the three cases, we'll discuss the halacha, if what happens if it was Rishos and what happens if it was Shalom Rishos and, uh, and, 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 uh, his uh, the, the item that he brought in got damaged 
by the by things that belong to the Balachatzer or did damage to things that belong to the Balachatzer. So when is Balachatzer Chayiv? When is the Machlis Chayiv? What are the detailed halachos of this case? The Meiri points out that the first few Mishnayos in this parak is the Tana going back to Dinim we learned earlier in the Masechta and finishing up some details of Dinim that we had earlier in the Masechta. So essentially what the Meiri is telling us is this Mishnah has nothing to do with the Mishnah that we just learned. It has nothing to do with the uh, with the previous Mishnah. It's just cleaning up some of the Dinim before we get to the main topic of this uh, of this parak. So here we go. Hakadar, if a potter uh, has a lot of extra pots and needs a place to put them, so Sheikh Miskideros of the Chatzar Balabayis Shalobershos, he decides to bring his uh, Kideros into a Chatzar that belongs to somebody else without any Rishos from the Bala Chatzar. Veshavar Behemto Shal Balabayis. And then the Behem of the Balabayis breaks these pots. Potter, the Balabayis does not have to pay for the broken pots because the Balabayis could say to the Bala Kideros, What on earth did you do? Did you expect? Why, why did you bring your stuff into my property? You had no right to bring your stuff into my uh, into my property. That is certainly the simple reading of the Mishnah as to why the Balabais does not have to pay. That is how Chidushi Rabbin Yehonasan Milunil spells it out. The Rambam in Hilchus Niske Mamun Parakal Falachazayin says, yeah, because the Pasuk says, Veshilach is Biro, Bir Bisteacher, and this is not Steacher, it's in his own Sadeh, and that's why he's part of the pay, like it's a Gezeras Akasuf, as if it's not a simple Svara. So the Raman, Chosh Mishpah, just points out, forget about the fact that, uh, that, that you don't need a Pasuk. This, that, that Pasuk doesn't even work. The Pasuk is only by Shane Varegel. When you're machnes, uh, your machnes, your your kederos into someone else's chutz or shalom or shos, the mazik is going to be potter. Even if it was with Karen, even if it was kavanas alazik, you're going to be potter. So it's difficult to understand why the Rambam quotes a pasuk in this context. Pasuk shot it's a svara that you had no right to bring your stuff here. So when you brought your stuff here and it got damaged, you got what you deserved. Vimhuska behen. Now if the behema of the balachatzer got damaged from the kederos, so balakederos chayev, the balakederos certainly has to pay for the damages that he did to the behema. But if he had the right to bring in his pots, the Baal Chatzar said, by all means, you can leave your pots in my Chatzar. And then the Kederos were broken by the behem of the Baal Chatzar. So Baal Chatzar Chayv, the Baal Chatzar is going to have to pay the potter for the damage to the to the pots. Um, that, uh, because uh, whenever you give someone Rishos to bring stuff into your Chatzar, Min Hastam, we assume that you're saying, and they will be protected here. So I am accepting upon myself the Shmira of these pots while they're here. So uh, therefore you're going to have to pay for it. So the Mishnah explains uh, a- another case now. Hichnis, <laughs> not pots, but rather peros of the Chatzar Balabayish You bring your peros into someone else's Chatzar without any permission to do so. So v'achaltem behemto shel Balabayis and the behem of the Balabayis eats those peros. Pater, the Balabayis does not have to pay for the value of the peros because uh, you never accepted upon yourself the Shmira of those peros. The Tiferes Yisrael and the Mishnayis points out that if the behemoth was nana from the Achil of the peros, or the Balabim was nana in that it now doesn't have to feed its behemoth lunch, he doesn't have to feed his behemoth lunch because uh, the behemoth is already full, so Meshalem is Mashanen. That we learned earlier in the Masechti. You still have to pay for the Hana'a, you just don't have to pay for the value of the peros. Vim huska behen. Now if the behemoth of the Balachatzer got damaged from these peros, uh, it slipped on the peros, tripped on the peros, so bala peros chayev, then the bala peros has to pay for the damages done to the animal of the bala chatzar. Uh, just like if you're a kora barber, 
Rabbim and the Behemoth falls there, uh, or like an Adam Amazic, where you have to watch your payros that no one else gets hurt from your payros. And you were, you were negligent in your watching of your payros to make sure that no one gets hurt. And uh, since you had no right to bring it there, it's your responsibility. But Vim Hichnis Perushos, but if the guy told you that you're allowed to bring your payros into his chatzar, and then uh, the Behemoth of the Balachatzar eats those payros, Balachatzar Chayiv, then the Balachatzar has to pay for the payros that its animal ate. Because whenever I'm telling you that you're allowed to bring your payros into my chatzar, Minastama being Makabel, Shmira on those payros that I'm saying that uh, they will be protected and nothing will happen to them. They are safe in my chatzar. And now a third case, which seems to just be the same thing over and over again, just with different details. Hichnis Shoro, Lechatzar Balabayis, Shalom Bereshos. If I bring my Shor into Chatzar Balabayis without permission to do so, Unugacha Shor Shal Balabayis. And uh, the Balabayis' Shor gores the Shor that was trespassing. Oshin Shachu Kalbo Shal Balabayis, or the dog of the Balabayis bites the trespassing Shor. So Pater, the Balachatzar, does not have to pay the Balashor because you brought your Shor in Shalom Bereshos. But Nagahu Shor Shal Balabayis. But if the trespassing Shor gored the Shor of the Balabayis, then Chayiv, then the guy who brought it in is going to be Chayiv to pay the Balachatzar because his Shor did damage, or because he's not the Mamazik who brought Biadaim, uh, his Shor, into a uh, into a Chatzar and Nizik. Now it's interesting that the, the Tana chooses to talk about if I if my Shor, I bring my Shor without Rishos and it gets hurt, so we discuss two cases. It gets hurt how? Either by the Shor of the Balabais or by the Kelov of the Balabais. Why does it mention both of those cases? So the Melech Shlomo and the Mishnayah suggests that it's coming to tell me that not only if the shor of the Balabais attacked my trespassing shor, where uh, you could assume that min bimino miskanin, that it's normal that two uh, animals of the same min will attack each other and will fight with each other, but the Chiddush is that even if the, the kelev of the Balabais bit my shor, the Balabais can be potter, uh, whether it's a kelev ra that bites all the time, um, uh, or whether it's, it doesn't bite all the time, because uh, I would have thought that a kelev is not going to is not going to attack. So it's telling me that uh, that, uh, that 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 is the same whether it's a shar or whether it's a kelev. In chidushim ariach on the mishnayos, he says it's because we're going to have later on in the masechta, and we already had lo yigadal adam kelev unless it's kasher b'shalshela. So you're not allowed to have a kelev unless you keep it really tied down well with a leash. So one might have said that he'd be chayiv because he obviously didn't tie down his dog if he was able to damage my shar. So the tanis telling me that no, nevertheless he's potter because my shor was trespassing and therefore he's going to be, uh, he's going to be potter. Now there is a machlokas we shown him if uh, in, 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 when uh, we said that if nagahu shorosh al balabais chayiv that if my trespassing shor gores the shor of the balabais then I'm chayiv what am I chayiv? If it's a shor tam is it chati nezek? Is it nezek shalem? What am I chayiv exactly? So the Ramam writes that if it was a shor tam it's chati nezek and if it was a shor muad it's nezek shalem it's the same thing as a regular shor Shanagach wouldn't be it wouldn't be any different. However, the Tosos Rid writes that even a tam in this case pays nezek shalim. That even according to Chum that hold that bechatzar nezek yirmashalim chatzin nezek. That's only when the balashar is not considered to be the mazik. Uh, the 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 uh, it, it walked on its own into a chatzar nezek. But if the bailim brought the shar into the chatzar nezek shalob oh that's an adam mazik. That doesn't pay like a, like a, a karen like a shor 
shard that's mazik, like mamono amazik, where you have such a din called the shard tam that you pay chati nezik. I brought a shard into your rishos, so even by a tam you're going to pay nezik shalim. And that's why the Tana just says, chayv l'shalim. Chayv l'shalim just means nezik shalim. It doesn't say uh, how much to pay. It just says chayv, that yeah, you're, you're chayv to pay. Because in that case, you're going to have to pay uh, nezik, you're going to have to pay nezik shalim. Now, why is it that the Tana had to teach me three different cases that all sound the same? So uh, the Tosus points out in Divra Maschil Hakadar that uh, that it's teaching me uh, in, in 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 the style of Lozu Avzu that if it only would have said Kederos there would have been room to argue that since uh, Kederos are very uh, are, 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 are uh, very fragile and they break easily so uh, when you're Makabel Rishus Mistami you're Makabel Shmira the Balachatz is Makabel Shmira if he gives the guy Rishus but by other things maybe he's not being Makabel Shmira on and if it only would have said uh, if it would have added payrolls to the list, there would have been room to argue that since they uh, get r- ruined rather easily, so when the Balachatzer gives Rishos, Mestami's Mekabal Shmira on the payrolls, but not for other things. So that's why the Tanah wants to tell me about a Shar, that since he gave you Rishos to bring your Shar, we assume that he's Mekabal to be Shomer the Shar from any Hezek that's done by his animals. That's how Tosis writes. In the Teferis Sol and the Mishnayis, he tells, the, the Teferis Sol writes that it's teaching me Regal, uh, that, that even though it's it, it, the Hezekah Matsui, it's Pater if you were not Makabel uh, Alav Lishmar, if you were not Makabel to be Shomri. And it teaches you Shane that even though there's Hanal Hezekah, you're going to be Pater. And then in the Sefer it says that even though the Kelev is, 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 is uh, Kelev that bites all the time, um, the, uh, the, 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 the Balabais doesn't have to remove that Mazik when you bring your Shar into, uh, into the Rishos. So it's adding an extra Chiddush each time. Then the Mishnah goes on to say, if let's say the trespassing shore falls into the bar of the Baal Chatzar, the Hivish Meimav, and he dries up all the water in the bar, he ruins all the water of the bar, meaning there was a lot of valuable water in that bar, now it's not usable because a shar fell into it, so Chayet, so the, tre- the owner of the trespassing shar has to pay for the water in the bar. If the father of the Balabais or the son of the Balabais was in the bar when the shar fell in the bar, then the Baal Shar has to pay Kofer to the Yarshim of the Av or the Ben, just like Tashlomi Kofer, when a shar ever kills a person that we learned about already on Daf Memalif. So the Gemara is going to deal with the issue that a short time does not pay kofar. And if we're talking about a short time over here, why is there a kofar payment? As well as the issue of, if you want to talk about the, short, the trespassing short killing somebody who happened to be in the bar, why does it have to be the father of the Balabais or the son of the Balabais? Why can't it just be the Balabais himself? So that we're going to get to in tomorrow's Daf. The Gemara is going to discuss that line in the Mishnah. But if the short was given Granted permission to come into the chater, so and the uh, and 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 the shor uh, was was damaged by the the shor of the kelev of the bala chater. So then bala chater chayv the bala chater is going to have to pay the bala shor because uh, the uh, the owner of the trespassing shor because whenever you're allowing someone the right to come into your chater mistama you're being makabel the shmira of that item in your chater and you're saying that my stuff will not damage your items that you're bringing into the chater. Rebbe Omer so that. That's all Tanakama, right? Or it seems like that. The Gemara is going to discuss who the author is. But uh, up until this point, we seem to be assuming that whenever I give you Rishos to come in, then I am accepting Shmira on your items. And anything that happens to your items, I'm going to be Chayv. Rebbe Omer Bekulan, in all the cases we said, if the, uh, if the trespassers' items have been ruined, even if you had Rishos to bring them in, 
the Balachatzer is not responsible to pay for that damage that's done. Because when I'm giving you Rishos to come in, I am not telling you that I'm going to be responsible for whatever. It's enter at your own risk. Meaning, yes, you're allowed to come in, but uh, but you're going to have to make sure that your stuff doesn't get ruined. Unless you hear from my mouth that I'm accepting to be Shomer, you cannot make the assumption that I'm accepting upon myself to guard your stuff that you're leaving in my Chatzar. So now the Gemara says, based on that last line, whoa, let's try to figure out who the author of our Mishnah is. Our Mishnah said that if a potter brings his pots into a Chatzar Balabais, Shalobarishus, and uh, the Bahim of the Balachatzar got ruined from it, so the the guy who brought his pots in is Chayiv in the Nezek. Okay, the implication is time with the Shalom that the only reason he has to pay for the Nezek to the Balachatzer is because he brought it in Shalom uh, the uh, the, the uh, Haber but had he brought it in Barashos, Lomachayiv Balkaderos, Beniske Behemto, the Balachatzer. Sounds like the Balkaderos does not have to pay for the beh- for the damage done to the Behem of the Balachatzer. Velo Amrinon, and we do not say that when you bring your Kaderos in Barashos, even though, uh, he never said that he's makabal on himself to be shomrit kabule kabil bal kaderos netirusa debamto debal chater that the bal kaderos is accepting upon himself that he's going to watch out to make sure that the that the beim of the bal chater does not get damaged by his kaderos. So money rebbe he that's a similar sheet of rebbe damar kabbalistama lo kabbalin netirusa meaning flipping rebbe around a little bit meaning rebbe had said that when I tell you you can come into my property uh, I am not saying that I am therefore going to take responsibility for your stuff. So we're saying, okay, so whenever you say stama, you're not taking responsibility for someone else's stuff. So the, the, the implication of Rebbe would be that if uh, that, that, that if, uh, if, if you allow me to bring the uh, Kaderos and I, 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 into, into your property, that the Bala Kaderos, Mistama, is not taking responsibility for, uh, for, for, your, for your stuff. So it sounds like that we're following the Shita of Rebbe, that as long as I have Rishos to bring my Kaderos, I am not taking responsibility for your shard that might get hurt from my Kederos. But then a Masefa, but then it goes on to say, Im that if I do have Rishos to bring my Kederos in, Balchatzer Chayev, then Balchatzer does have to pay the Bal Kederos for any damage done to the Kederos. Whoa, I saw in the Rabbanon, that seems to be going like the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon assume that when I allow you to bring your stuff into my Rishos, I am thereby accepting responsibility for whatever happens to them. So Mestamayam Mekabal de Tirusa, and then at the very end of the mission, Rebbe Omer Rebbe shows up at the again, again at the end of the Mishnah, and he says explicitly that whenever the Balabais allows you in, he's not accepting uh, responsibility for your stuff. So it turns out, Reish of the Sefer Rebbe, the Mishnah starts with the assumption of Mestama not being Makabal Nitirusa, which is Rebbe. The Sefer is explicitly Rebbe, but in the middle we assume that Mestama, you are Makabal Nitirusa. So how do, we de- how do we deal with that? It seems like a steer in the Mishnah. Two ways of dealing with it. Amr Tavra. This Mishnah is in fact a difficult one and the two dinim that are mentioned at the beginning of the Mishnah are so sir each other and therefore you need to say that it is a machlokas what the Shita of the Tanakama is. Misha Shanazo, Lo Shanazo. Whoever taught the Reisha that only when you're bringing the stuff in Shalobarishos is the Balakaderos going to be Chayiv in the Nezek that's done to the Behema of the Balachatzer which implies that if I, ha- I bring my, pot- my pots in Berishos then I'm going to be potter for the Nezek holds that there's no uh, machlokas between the Tanakama and Rebbe that when
whenever you're machnas berushos, the balachatz is going to be potter if the kederos uh, were, were were broken uh, by his uh, behema. Uh, but that is not the same tana that taught the hemshik of the mishnah that when you're machnas berushos and uh, and the behema of the balachatz breaks the kederos that he has to pay for it, even though he never explicitly accepted a responsibility to watch it because nesinas berushos to uh, for someone to come in is mechayiv you in that shmira. It's as if you accept the responsibility. It's just that you're, you, you, you're, uh, he just holds that you're potter, even when, uh, when, uh, when you gave Rishos to the Tanah that taught the Seifa, that uh, when Hichlis Rishos, the Balachatz is going to be chayv to pay for the Balachatz, to pay the Balachatz, holds that the Tanakama is cholik on Rabbi, and even in the Reisha, he would hold that if you're Machnus Rishos, the Balachatz is going to be chayv for the Nizke Behemas Balachatz, because you were, you uh, were makabal upon yourself to be Shomerit. So that's one way of understanding that it's a fragmented Mishnah and it reflects the opinion of two different shitos. Rava Amrakula Rabbanani. Rava says, no, no, the entire first part of the Mishnah is going like the Rabbanan. That even when the Balachatzer did not say that he's being makabel the Shmira, he is obligated in the Shmira, and that which you're, it's mashma from the Reisha, that when you're machnes Shos, the Balachaderus is not going to be chayiv in the nezik done to the behema of the uh, of the Balachatzer. That's not really the sheet. That's not only the shita of Rabbi. Even the Chacham would agree that Bistama, the Balachatzer is makabel upon himself to be shomer. Uber Shos, when the Balachatzer gives Rishos to bring your kederus in Shmiras the Balachatzer is being Mechabal, the Shemira of your Kaderos, and it's as if he's saying, he's saying, yeah, bring your Kaderos in, they will be safe. And even if it was broken because of a of of a of of of, of, of a wind, uh, because of the pshia of the balachatzer, where the shomer chinam would be chayiv for it, still the balachatzer is going to be chayiv to, uh, to to pay for it. But the balakaderus was never makabel shmira on himself, and therefore when he's machnas perushos, he's potter uh, from the nezek of the kaderus. So it's not a two way street. Meaning you don't just say mistama whatever whatever the balachatzer is. The Balkaderus is also Makabal Mistama. No, the Balchatzer said, bring your stuff in. He's Makabal Mistama. The, uh, the, 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 uh, to protect the Kaderos. The Balkaderos is never makabal anything, Mistama. And therefore, the entire Mishnah could go like the Shita of the Rabbanan up until the very last line where Rebbe, where Rebbe comes in. So now the, we had said in the Mishnah, Hichnas Peros of the Chatzar Balabais, that if you bring your Peros into the Chatzar Balabais, um, the, uh, and the, and the, the Shah of the Balabais got, got hurt by the Peros, the Bala Peros is going to be Chayiv. So I'm a Rav, Rav says a Chiddush. Lo that's only the bal the is only going to be chayiv to pay the balabayis if the if the shor of the balabayis tripped or slipped or hurt itself that way on the peros. But if it just walked over to the peros, ate all the peros overate, got sick from overeating, and because of that died, so then you're going to be part from paying. Because my time, uh, because the Bala Peros can tell the, uh, the Bala Shar, what's your Shar eating the Peros for? If it were a trip to my Peros, that's my Peros' fault. But if your Shar went over and actively ate them, that's your Shar's fault. So uh, the Gemara is going to question, is that something that you can say? Meaning that's what a Shar is. You know, <laughs> the, the Shar goes and eats. So you can say, what's your Shar eating my Peros? Is that really... Svara. I heard recently the Shir of Lapiansky was giving a mushal for uh, for anti-Semitism and how a Jew should behave in Gullus. And he said we should
should try our best. We, the anti-Semitism is going to be there no matter what, but we should really try our best not to invite it. Meaning we should uh, try to tip nicely when you take an Uber. Like do things that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, do, that, that will keep you. So he gave a mushal. He said there's a guy waving a red uh, uh, cloth in front, of a, in front of a wild bull. He said, Meshuggah, what are you doing? He says, I'm the Meshuggah. He's got an anger management. The bull's got an anger management problem. Why am I the Meshuggah? Yeah, the bull's got an anger management problem. But don't be the person that. Uh, so you have to you have to be mindful of these things. So you bring your food in. So is that a svarah to say why is your party eating my food? So the Gemara has three challenges to Rav. Amr Rav Sheshes. Rav Sheshes says Amina kinayim v'shach of Rav Amr lahashmaita. Rav must have been sleeping half asleep when he said this teaching. Titania, because after all we have a price that says explicitly not like Rav. Hanosin if you put poison in front of your friend's behemoth and the animal eats it and dies because it's only but you do have to pay because you caused it to die so why am I uh, my because I don't expect the animal to eat poison it's bad for it it's not tasty which you always expect an animal to eat peros if the animal's going to get hurt from eating the peros, I'm going to be chayiv as well. Aye, but according to you, Rav, my, why should he be chayiv? Shouldn't the guy be able to say, what's your animal eating my peros for? Sa'amri, who had enough feel peros? Nami pater, midine adam. No, you pater midine adam even if he eats your peros, because Rav is right. You know, Rav will argue that he shouldn't have eaten the peros. Why does it only talk about sama mavas? nami, The chiddush is that if it's sama mavas, you're still Meaning the fact that you're part of other by some of us is obvious, but the the chiddush is that you're chayiv b'dinei shemayim. Vibay sema some of us nami b'afrasta dinuperi. Or it could be that some of us is not foul tasting some of us that you wouldn't expect the animal to eat. You laced its uh, its food with uh, with poison, so you do expect the animal to eat, and we still see that you're part of b'dinei adam. So that's exactly like peros. So that those so that's that challenge to Rav is rejected. Meisve another challenge to Rav. A woman who brings uh, grain to uh, to grind in the uh, in by, by a balabais, she rents out the uh, the mill of the balabais. but she brought it in without any rishus. And the behem of the balabais eats it. So Patr, he does not have to pay for the chitim because it's not his responsibility to make sure that his animal doesn't eat uh, the uh, the the food of trespassers. And if it overate and got hurt from eating all that chitim, then the woman has to pay for the damage done to the animal. So it sounds like huska means it overate. Can't the woman say, your animal shouldn't have eaten it, according to Rav? What do you mean? That price doesn't say that it overate. It just says the animal got hurt from it. So maybe just like our Mishnah was talking about where the animal slipped on the payros, over here also it's talking about that the animal tripped or slipped on the payros. Not that it overate. So says Mar, yeah, that was a pretty obvious answer. The Karila, my Karila. Why would we even think that that was a challenge to begin with? So Amalach, Bishlam, Masnisin, Muhuskabahen, Shohuchlukabahen, who in the Mishnah it says, Imhuskabahen, that implies that it slipped. Avalach, Ktani, Imhuska. Oh, but in the Bryce it just says, Huska. It doesn't say, Huskabahen. Velokatani, Bahen. Sahilu, Ktani, that implies that the animal got hurt from eating. 
v'idach, and the one who gave the answer would say, Amalach lo shna. No, bahen doesn't make a difference to me. It, it just means that the animal tripped on the food, not that the animal ate the food, and therefore that is not a valid challenge to Rav. Tashima, a third challenge to Rav. You bring your chatzar into someone else's, uh, you bring your shor into someone else's chatzar without rishos, v'achal chitin, and the shor eats chitin v'hitriz, and it gets sick from it, and it, it has diarrhea uh, because it was bad for its stomach. Umeis and it dies. Pater the balachatzer does not have to pay for the death of that shor. But if hechnas berushos, if it came in berushos, balachatzer chayiv. The balachatzer is going to be chayiv. Vamai, why is the balachatzer going to be chayiv? Havale shlo yochal. Can't he say uh, like Rav, Rav had the taina that you can always say it shouldn't have eaten. No one told your animal to eat this food that was uh, that was there. Says the Gemara, Amarava. You're asking a, a case from a case, from being machnus berushos on a case of being machnus shelo berushos. There's a simple chiluk to be made that when you bring peros shelo berushos, Rav says your potter because the machnus was never makabel the shmiras habehema, so the behema should not have eaten it. But when you're machnus the shard to a chater berushos with the rishos of the bal chater shmira shoro kibal alav, then uh, the, uh, the 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 bal chater is being makabel to be. Shomer that shor even if the shor choked itself because of its own negli- because of the negligence of the balachatzer the balachatzer is going to have to pay and therefore when it eats the chitim and it dies as a result of eating the chitim the balachatzer is in fact going to have to pay so none of the three challenges to Rav are able to stand up as Hashem tomorrow we'll pick up with Ibayulahu at the two dots. Have a good day.